This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love. No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's hey. the All Love. No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love. Oh, No Fear Podcast. Podcast. Uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love. Oh, No Fear Podcast. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. What up, what up, what up? We're back. We are By back. popular demand. Hey, welcome. Welcome to episode 18 of the All Love No Fear podcast. Yes, it is. Featuring myself, KB, and my lovely co-host. Mr. Mark Metapoetic Bennett. And we're back from West Coasting. California. We was out here in these streets. We have to post um, pictures and videos and stuff like that on the socials so people can see what we were up to. But we were in California for the week. That's why we don't have an episode, or I should say didn't have an episode last week. But we are back. We are refreshed. We are uh, renewed. We are rested. We are ready to do some podcasting on today. Specific, specifically L.A., but yes, we were in West Coast. Oh, yes, we were in Los Angeles, uh, uh, South Los Angeles, to be specific. Um, it was great. We had a really good time. Um, it was a nice, relaxing, um, family-oriented kind of vacay, which I truly enjoyed. I took some naps and stuff, which I don't usually do. I did a whole lot of sleeping. Did mad sleeping. It was lit. Um... Y'all should invest in it, um, doing some sleeping. Um, I think this is, like, one of the first vacations I've ever been on where, like, I didn't have, like, an agenda of activities for every day. Um, and I know we talked before, like, a couple podcasts back about, like, our personality types with the ENFJ. So the J and me did not have anything planned for this particular vacation. We just went. And um, I guess that was cool. Um I think it was more because, like, I sort of had discussed with my dad, because that's who we went to see, by the way. Um, Shout-outs to the pops. Um, he he kind of asked me, like, a couple of months ago, like, what kind of stuff we wanted to do, and da 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 So I kind of was like, okay, here are some things I want to do. However you choose to organize them is, you know, on you. So it wasn't like I went out there com- completely... Like, with nothing on the agenda, but, like, not having, like, a set plan every day was, like unusual um (laughs) not not bad or good just unusual i see that it could be a way to vacation um that that sleep was was phenomenal i I just i did a whole lot of sleeping a lot of sleeping yeah mark was forever forever taking somebody nap i'm like (laughs) bruh like and i'm a napper mark is not a napper so the fact that mark was like well let me just get in this bed right quick (laughs) every like i think literally every day you took a nap Every day. Yeah. More, I, more than once. I'm not judging you because you deserve it. You deserve a nap because you work hard and that's what vacation is for is to rest and to be rejuvenated. Yeah, I came back refreshed and ready. So. You're ready to go. Ready to pod. It was, it was cool. Word. 
word. If you've never been to the West Coast before, I would definitely uh, recommend it. Um, to visit specifically. To visit. I would never live there. Not in a million years. Never um, No. Um, Shout out to the people who are listening if you're on the West Coast, but I'm not living here. Right, like, it's super cute over there, don't get me wrong, super cute, but, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see me living there, it's not really, it's not for me, specifically. Like, we've visited a couple of different, like, cities across the United States and have been like, oh, I could, I could do this, I could do this, California is definitely not, Mm -mm. but at least Los Angeles, I won't speak for the rest of the state, but Los Angeles specifically, y'all can have. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not moving there. No, I won't. That's the last thing you gotta worry about. Yeah. The last but, thing I worry about is moving out to LA. However, if somebody's offering a bag right. that's that's large enough. Yeah. It, it it's it could be on the table. Yeah, it's, um, it's expensive. So. It's a, it's an expensive place, yes. Um and so for me to go and live there, it would really have to be like a really big bag or like a really great opportunity in some 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 way that I wouldn't otherwise be able to secure in New York for me yeah. to think about going out there. As a big and secure bag. Yes, a big yes, a big and secure bag. Because I'm not going out there for any potential bags. I'm going out there for secured, guaranteed, hundred <laughs> percent check yeah. will clear bags. Yeah. Okay. No ma'am. California is not the place to be doing that. Like my dad took us around like Tent City, which is like literally like blocks and blocks of homeless people living in tents. And when I tell you it is like the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because when you think of Los Angeles, you think of like celebrities, you think of like Flash, you think about, you know, Rodeo Drive and Beverly Hills, and it's just like to see people in such poverty. And I'm when I'm telling you it's like mad people. It's not like New York where you see like a homeless person like every couple of blocks or whatever. It's like legit just like the sidewalk around the block for like 20 blocks from what I at least saw. And I know there's more of just tents with homeless people. I'm like the the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even... Everyone went to Hollywood like I'm about to make it and then like... And then didn't. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I yeah. I, I can see how Tiffany Haddish went to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I can yeah. See how that happens. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I think that you know the homelessness is not a unique problem to any large city. Like I think all large cities um, in this country deal with that. But just to see like that setup, it's it's so so vast. Cause I think, like I said, I think Hollywood sells a dream though. Yeah, Hollywood sells a dream that you, you just need that one take. Yeah. That one take to make it, and then if you make the, if you get that one take, then you're good. So because they sell that dream, people are like, I'll be homeless for a little bit till I figure it out. I'm like, yeah, that's not, mm-mm. that's not how that's about to go. It's this gonna go different. Um, and then I think the crazy part about about California, at least when we what we saw, was like when you see the tents and the homeless people, and then you literally drive two blocks, and it's like, you know cute little restaurants and bars and like stores and stuff like that it definitely gives like a Hempstead Garden City vibe for my people from Long Island who've ever driven the blocks and like crossed over from Hempstead over there by the train station into Garden City you're like what just happened whole new world it's like that in DC though oh yeah you got the White House and then you got right outside the White House right right and I get like I said that's why I said I don't think this is a unique problem to all to you know California or to New York even it was just like 
It was vast. It was just a lot. Like, it's not like homeless people spread out, like I said. It's like legit just like blocks and blocks of homeless people. Work. That apparently have been there like their whole life. Like, they've, they've been born on that skid row um, area, and that's just where they've always been. Which, in and of itself, is like mind boggling to me for a number of reasons. But yeah, other than that, the trip was really, really cool. We, I put my feet in the Pacific Ocean, so I'm very excited about that. Still decidedly would not get into the water. It's not blue enough for me, specifically. But um, again, I'm biased. Yeah, you're, you're beach bougie. I'm, <laughs> come on, somebody. I am beach bougie, and I'm willing to admit that. I am not ashamed. I will not be made to feel poorly about it. It's who I am, and I'm proud. Um, but the Pacific is nice. Um, beach was nice. Um, what else did we do? We tried In-N-Out Burger. Grossly overrated. Um, it's kind of like Shake Shack to me, which I also think is grossly overrated. So, um, I will say that In-N-Out Burger is very fresh feeling. Like, I definitely ate, like, their double, which I guess is their, like, number one. I just went with the basic, uh, option that they were offering. And that was actually pretty, pretty good, pretty... It was filling, but it wasn't like how you when you eat five guys and you'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like today. Um, I ate it. I was full, but I wasn't like OD, like about to pass out. I was stuffed, felt like I was going to throw up. Um, their fries were good, I think. Um, but yeah, the way West Coast people like hype in and out, I was like, meh, I don't know. One thing about eating that burger, like what I was like researching when I do, because I um, do job training, like it's actually always in like the top 20 places to work, honestly. Okay. Which is cool. I don't know if... My... That burger still underwhelmed me. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, that the employees are happy. Great. Burger was still underwhelming. It's, it's as, I guess it's, it's assumed as if Trader Joe's so burgers. Right. But see, Trader <laughs> Joe's doesn't underwhelm me. <laughs> So it's different. Okay. Um, Trader Joe's actually exceeds my expectations. It's a great place. Um, yeah. What else did we do? We went to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That was legit. Like just hand to God Times Square with some stuff on the street. Um, less crowded, but still very Times Squarey with some stars on the street. Yeah. Um, what else did we do? We went to Santa Monica Pier, which is really pretty. Um, we did some other stuff that I can't think of right now, but overall we got like a cute little view of like a good a good chunk of Southern LA. So I feel, um, or well Southern California in general, I should say. So we had a pretty good time doing that. Um, would definitely go there again though, and I would like to explore like the northern parts of California, like San Diego and San Francisco, and see what those cities are all about in comparison to um, the southern part of California. Yeah, and also my wallet is accustomed to Great Adventure. It's not accustomed to Disney World. Fam, fam. It's not accustomed. We were like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's they got Disneyland out there. It ain't no problem. About to make Studios. a move. It's, it's, not, it's not accustomed to the prices. You know what it is? I think we were just really excited about going to the West Coast, and we was just we had a little money in our pockets. We did. We we had a little money in our pockets, and so we said to ourselves, it ain't no problem. Money ain't a thing. Everybody knows it ain't tricking if you got it. But then when I saw them Universal Studios and Disneyland prices, I was like, well, perhaps it is tricking. Perhaps it is. Because um, Disneyland was asking for like one eighty nine a person. 
my baby is not even two. I'm not spending almost $200 for her to see something she ain't gonna remember. I'm just not. That sounds nuts to me. Um, then we was like, let's check out Universal Studios. Let's go. Get, let's get on one of these little tours. See what's going on out in them streets. I mean, first of all, we got there like when they were done. Like before, like not before. It, and I guess we got there too late to get on the last tour, which was fine. But we was like, I think we still had one day left. So like maybe we could have squeezed the tour in the next day or something. Um, but that was a psych because when I saw their prices, like just to go in there on the basic tour to ride around on the little tram and go on no, the set. Let's just go inside. No, that was to ride around and get the one hour tour. Okay. That, that one, the basic, just let me go in and get the one hour tour was like $139 per person. I don't get any food with this. I don't get any beverages. I don't get any souvenirs. I legit just get to sit on the back of a tram and go around. And I just felt like that seems stupid. Because for... You, you get to go on rides with it, but... I don't know what... They didn't have food in there for that. And that didn't... <laughs> that's where they lost me. Yeah. But then the packages that had food was like three and $400. I was like, fam, fam, y'all got to relax. I don't, and it was like a, a lunch voucher. Right. I was like, for what? Like, no. I don't want to... No, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I said, we got there a little late, so we couldn't have done the tour anyway. But, like... If those prices were a little more amenable, I might could have tried to finagle, go to the guy at the front, like my guy. Like, you know, we're visitors, we're tourists, we're leaving soon. Like, I, I, I felt like if, because I went in there thinking like, oh, it's like $50, $60, that ain't no problem. I could do that. But $139? Damn. Yeah, so if we're going to do that, we got to like go to California with the idea. That that's what I'm spending all my money on. Yeah. Because I had other plans for my money. Like, I did other things. And so, I was like, oh, if I had checked these prices ahead of time. But see, that's the thing. See, that's why the J in me needs to come out. Because if I had been planning and I had things on the agenda, I would have known what the pricing was and I could have planned accordingly. The thing but is, because I didn't do all that, because I just allowed the vacation to happen. I'll be honest, I, I, thought, I thought you looked it up already. Cause no, I, I didn't. Because I looked it up, and I saw it was 130. So when you're saying... You didn't say nothing. But I... Because, like, y'all were saying... Because y'all talked about Disneyland, so I just assumed you looked at Universal Studios also. No, I didn't. I did not. So when you were saying, go to Universal Studios, I was like, all right, I guess... I guess y'all got the monies. I got y'all. I guess y'all got money. Let's go. I guess you got money. You got money. That was that was an incorrect assumption, <laughs> um, because uh, it was my father's birthday weekend, so there was uh, money being spent on a number of things, and uh, you know, after a long week of turning up and tricking, it's it's you know got got to reel it in, got to relax. So yeah, um, you know, it was a humbling experience, but you know, going forward, you know, we'll we'll know what to do for next time. We'll know what to do for next time. So yeah, that was a quick um, unintentional uh, recap of our trip, um, and we will post on the socials all the pics and the vids and stuff, so y'all can see what we were doing when we weren't with you guys giving you pod realness. Um, so let us move on to our love it or lose it segment. Where feelings get hurt, relationships are in jeopardy, and the wrong answer could take it left. That sounds quite dramatic. I don't I don't agree. <laughs> I, I, quite dramatic. I feel like love it or lose it has, you know, kinda gotten uh got a little hectic. 
with some of the choices and some of the decisions that folks have made. Um, you know, whole friendships and marriages almost going poof. It's a dicey situation out there. I That's hear. Right. It's a dangerous game we play. That's right. I'm fine. Um, so our choices this week for love it or lose it are. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I like food, so um, this came to me uh, today. Desserts. Um, love it or lose it. Our options are peach cobbler, banana pudding, cheesecake, and vanilla ice cream. These are our four choices. Which would you love and which would you lose? Once again, the choices are peach cobbler, banana pudding, cheesecake, vanilla ice cream. And we're talking about the best of all of them? Which one would you love, hold on to for the rest of your life, never give up in the world? And which one would you be like, well, bye, kick rocks, it's been cute. Let's get out of here. Um, I think my, What's your lose it? Uh, banana pudding. Flabbergasted. Out of those I'm, four? I'm a ghast. You're a ghast? A ghast, I say. Out of those four? A ghast. Like, I feel like the best banana pudding can't beat the best of all the other three. Okay. Okay. That's why I said that. Gotcha. Gotcha. If, cause if it was all four of those and it was, like, it was made the best of all four, I, don't, I think I would choose banana pudding less. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also, banana's not my favorite fruit also. Okay. All right. Um, Valid points you're making here. So, like, I like, like, bananas are cool usually mixed in with something else. Mm-hmm. They have flavor and everything, but out of those four, um, in terms of cheesecake, peach cobbler, um, and, um, vanilla ice cream, I think, yeah. Okay. I think mine is peach cobbler. Why? Peaches aren't necessarily my favorite fruit. Okay. Um, and... I've had some phenomenal peach cobbler. Same! I've had some phenomenal peach cobbler. But I've also had some not-so-great peach cobbler, and so I feel like that, coupled with the fact that peach is not necessarily my favorite, like, go-to fruit, plus I'm not really, like... But if I had to... If all four of these were on a table in front of me, I'm going for that one last. Because I'm like, peach cobbler, I feel, is like... I'm not really a big, like, pie type of person in general. Like, I'm not really a big, like, cherry pie, apple pie. Like, I'm just not... That's not my vibe. So, it's like peach cobbler, I feel like, of these four... I eat peach cobbler because I really, 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 really want it. It's not like a, I'm going to eat it just because. Like, I'll eat ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Just because. I don't want it. I don't need it. But if it's offered to me, I'm going to eat it. Same with cheesecake. Same with banana pudding. Especially if it's magnolia banana pudding. That magnolia banana pudding? Ooh, it's diabetes in a container for sure. 100%. Diabetes. But my God, if it ain't good. I guess... I guess. Uh, and Reverend I, Creighton's banana pudding is also delightful. Shout I, out to Reverend Creighton. I understand your point because you're a dessert person. Mm-hmm. I am not a dessert person. So I'm just thinking about it like the best of all four. Okay. I'm not thinking about it because like, I'm the only thing I'm not eating dessert in general. You're not eating what? I don't d- 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 You're right. You're not. <laughs> you're not. You're, that's so, not your vibe. So, so I'm just thinking about it like if it was the, if it was the best <laughs> one of all four, mm-hmm. the banana pudding would be the one I would, I would care the least about. Okay. 
that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I think I think the the peach cobbler, like I said, because that's not really my go-to fruit for anything. Because the best peach cobbler I've had is better than the best banana pudding I've had. Okay. And you know what it is with peach cobbler too? I feel like it's only good if it's warm. And like sometimes I don't I don't always want like a warm dessert. Okay. Because I don't feel like peach cobbler is good when it's not like warm. And it's like all of these things, cheesecake, banana pudding, vanilla ice cream, like I can just eat at whatever temperature like they're supposed to be at. Well, they're, they're made cold. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't have to do any extra work. I can just take a slice of banana put of a uh, okay. of well, cheesecake and put it on a plate and eat it. What I will say is the other thing. Peach cobbler, I have to put in the microwave for a little bit to give it some toast if it's been sitting in the fridge or like just out on the table at room temperature. I don't. I. It's, it's not because really, the other ones at room temperature don't taste so good either. No, but what I'm saying is I don't have to do anything with the other ones once I take them out to eat them. Like once I scoop the ice cream out of the container you're or about, I... You're talking about if they're not fresh. If they're not fresh. Like I don't have to do anything. Like it's literally just there. I can open the container and eat it. I'm not I'm not dressing non-fresh or anything for this for this challenge. Okay. <laughs> I'm everything in, in the first stage. I'm not, I'm not dressing the, the, the comeback. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, listen, sometimes you get a whole cobbler, you got to eat the whole thing. It's, you know, can't waste perfectly good food. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where we are. Okay. So what's your, um, love it of Um, our options? You said vanilla ice cream. Does that mean there's only regular cheesecake? Um, let's flavor the cheesecake. Let's give it a flavor. Let's say, uh, strawberry. Or a raspberry. I like raspberry. Let's go with raspberry. So raspberry cheesecake is is the fourth option. Yes. So and vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream is your is your love. Yeah. Okay. Um. I know if I had said like a lemon key lime cheesecake, you'd have been yeah, like, "That's, that's your different. love." That's different. I know. <clears throat> but I didn't want to make it easy for you. Yeah. Um. I, honestly, raspberry che- like it's between vanilla and like the peach cobbler. Maybe maybe them together. I will admit that that is a good combo. Maybe the that is, that ice is a good combo. Maybe that that will that will be the option for me. <laughs> okay, so the two of them as a unit. <laughs> I love it together, probably. Yeah, because um, yeah, because raspberry, raspberry cheesecake is meh to me. It's meh. Okay, that's fine. For me, my love it is the raspberry cheesecake or any cheesecake really. I'll eat them all. Um, <laughs> I really will. Like I'm willing. That's why I like Cheesecake Factory so much because they have like so many flavors of cheesecake for to try so like i think my favorite ones at cheesecake factory right now are the lemon raspberry they have like a banana foster kind of one um the dulce de leche is always a hit um the cookies and cream the snicker all their cheesecakes are just delightful i enjoy cheesecake as uh dessert um, I do not like Junior's cheesecake. I think it's nastiness, um, and so I feel personally offended for um, those individuals from making the band, who Diddy made walk the twelve miles to get said Junior's cheesecake because it's disgusting. And I feel like if you're gonna walk that long, it should be good, and it isn't. So <laughs> that's kind of my. Uh, it's, your, it's your take. That's my hot take on cheesecake. But yeah, cheesecake is my. I think. My fav- one of my favorites, if not my favorite dessert. Um, I will always go for a slice of cheesecake, no matter how full I am, because it's cheesecake. 
Right. Um, but yeah, so I think that's my that's my love. Um, the close second for me was the banana pudding, the magnolia one, and the Reverend Creighton one. They're both quite good, and the mix of pudding with um, the what is those things called? The Nilla wafers is really the ratios of that have to be just right. And I think both Magnolia and Reverend Creighton just get them just right, you know? And, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think if, if I'm in a battle between banana, or maybe I could put the banana pudding on top of the cheesecake. That sounds like a lot. No, it doesn't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the banana pudding on top of like just a plain slice of cheesecake. Ooh. That sounds like a lot. Oh God, that sounds like a love, a love. Oh my God, can you? You don't even understand. Like I, I don't. Like the the, don't the texture of the Nilla wafer with the banana, like puddingy texture, and then you got like a nice, like slightly like sharp, plain cheesecake with the graham cracker. Like the textures and the flavors. Oh, bellissima, bellissima. I have to get that one there. So you know what I'm gonna do? Okay. Well, this weekend, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. That's fine. I'm going to get me some Magnolia, and I'm going to get a slice of plain cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory and, like, mix, like, have the the banana pudding be the topping on the cheesecake. That sounds like a lot. I mean, I might be able to eat two slices before, like, dying, but, like, I think it's a worthwhile, I mean, two bites before dying. I mean, you know, worthwhile experience, though, nonetheless. Nonetheless. I'm going to give it a try. Have fun. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Have fun. You seem very unsupportive of my plans. I'm very unsupportive of that plan. You a hater. You won't want some when you see how good it is. I'm not going to. Yes, you are. I don't sure I won't. Well, don't ask for none then. I won't. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> now, now that we've settled that then, <sighs> let us move on. <laughs> let us move on. Because Mark is a haterator and a hollerator in the dancery. I thought going to California would have cured you of that unfortunate illness, <laughs> but it seems that you are committed to being a haterator or hollerator. In the dancery. It's fine. It's fine. That's fine. Good. I'll just drink some water with it, like balance. Yeah, that's that's how balance works. Yeah. That's not how balance works. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> okay. You're just saying that. I'm just saying words. Yeah, you're just saying words, but you don't know. <laughs> okay. You know. Do <sighs> you science major? You did biology? You went to you went to biology school, you know, about the science and the balance? <laughs> Yo, you don't have to look at me like that. You don't have to look at me with that with that level of just flabbergastment. Like what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm just asking questions. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of your of your medical degree. I, I am also of your nutrition science degree. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. Continue. Okay, fine. Whatever. Um <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Love It or Lose It. Um, We would love to hear your commentary. So, you know, follow us on the socials, um, comment, send us emails, all love, no fear podcast, all love, no fear PCAST. We're out there in them streets on the socials. Before we move on. Also, shout out to people on Spotify. (laughs) Yeah, I was getting ready to do that. Shout Shout out to to our listeners on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Stitcher, on Podbean. Um, What else are we on? On Google Play Podcast. We on on our website. And we are on iHeart radio so if you listen on iHeart you find us on there we finally got on there it took us like months and months because this podcast has been going for what 
three months, four months, yeah. my addition skills are trash at best. Four <laughs> months. I'm just being honest. They're not really good. But, like, yeah, we finally got on iHeartRadio. So if that's a platform that you utilize, check us out there. We appreciate you. Shout out to everybody, you know, on the way to work, coming home from work, at the house doing laundry or dishes or something you just don't want to do. Um Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing our podcast with your friends. Thank you for giving us your feedback. We appreciate it. Word. Um, so let's move forward to our main topic. And I guess um, we'll, we'll get to why um, this kind of came up in the first place a little bit later. But I want to talk about this like concept of black capitalism. Um, and it's something that I've seen a lot of people talking about in the last couple of years. I would say in the last five years, I've seen a lot of conversation. I don't think anybody's like, I shouldn't say, I don't think. I I haven't seen a lot of the people who are actively promoting the movement, so to speak, refer to it as black capitalism. I haven't heard them necessarily use those words, but that is kind of the vibe that they're 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 going for. And just for the sake of definition purposes, when I'm talking about black capitalism, I'm talking about this idea of black people um, having a seat at the table, so to speak, in the capitalist market that is the world, essentially, by home ownership, property ownership, business ownership, um, business partnership, business partnership, things of that nature. Um, a lot of entertainers, um, we've seen over the years, like, you know, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace to him. His birthday also just passed. So happy, happy birthday and happy Nipsey Hussle. He was, um, one artist that I can think of off the top of my head that talked a lot about, um, black capitalism and, you know, investing resources back into the black community. And so, you know, with his marathon store and all the other stores that were around it that he apparently owned in that plaza, like that was an example of like the black capitalism he talked about where, you know, having a stake in something that was generating money for yourself as well as generating um, jobs and money in your community um, is something that I've seen come up quite a bit. Um, A couple of other people have brought it up, but Nipsey Hussle is the first person that came to my mind. And I've kind of seen... um, critiques on both sides of the argument like I've seen people say yes that's what black people need to do in this country we shouldn't be sitting around waiting for anybody to give us our 40 acres and a mule we shouldn't be having our hand out to anybody you know because nobody's going to do anything for us we have to do it ourselves we all we got that's the only way we can really establish any um power or um position of influence that will really make a difference in this country but then I've seen on the other hand um the kind of um how can you say that being a black capitalist is a good thing when capitalism is the the reason that we are in the place we're in in the first place and and how, and that it's this thing that has <clears throat> brought such negativity to our community how can we buy into a concept like capitalism that has been in many ways so detrimental to our community and why are we focusing so much on you know physical 
things or acquiring things or whatever the case is, why are we not more focused on empowering our communities in other ways? So I kind of see the merits of both sides of that conversation. And so I just wanted to kind of like talk about that a little bit more and kind of get some thoughts from, you know, the people who listen to us about that. So. Yeah, I, I think when it comes down to it, um, it's, I, like, I, I think I fully understand both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully understand um, the side of let's use money. I, I think I, I always, um, I, I go back, I go back and, like, not agreeing when they kind of, like, people put, like, too much emphasis on the money part mm-hmm. and not the use of the money. Right. Um, I think that's what becomes um, the issue. I think that's when it becomes an issue when the use of the money is kind of important. Like, that doesn't mean that you don't get, um, obtain money, mm-hmm. but I think the use of the money is becomes a big, big concern also. Um, like... If if your practices that you've been using the money for to acquire money are shady, I don't think that's helpful at all. Right. Um, via like Steve Harvey. Mm-hmm. Steve Harvey is like is known for like just doing things mm-hmm. to acquire wealth, mm-hmm. acquire money, and everything. And he'll do like borderline sketchy things. Like go meet with um, Trump and yeah. try to tell us that that was the vibe. Yeah, like or he'll he'll do cer- he'll just do certain things. That man stay with a bag though. You hear no, me? He does. And as I said, like <laughs> and that, that's black hat. Like he stays with a bag, but he he um he's like I, I do what I need to do for because in his mind I need to make sure that I have the money for my family and everything like that, which is cool. Right. But like don't don't but don't also insert yourself into social justice. Right. And understand that, like, like you, you can if you want to do that, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Do that. But I guess, I guess, don't insert yourself into the. Um, or don't try to make it seem like what you're, you're doing, doing for, for is for social justice. And I, I don't necessarily know if I believe that. A per there's something wrong with the person saying I'm out here trying to secure the bags for my family specifically. Oh yeah, do what you gotta do. do I, I'm I'm not opposed to that being a thing because at the end of the day, I don't know Steve Harvey, I don't know his life, I don't know the first thing about him. He don't owe me nothing. Correct. He don't have to go do X Y Z for me as a person because that that man don't know me, I don't know him. Yeah. Um, sick of him. And I. I and on the flip side, I also don't. I get upset with people who just, who just don't, who just think, who just get mad at people who are millionaires, right? In general, just like flip, we shouldn't have money, right? And I'm just like, well, why? Like they, they don't trust anybody who's millionaire, right? I, I to me, I'm just like if who some, money? if someone has has, God has given us all, things, talents, gifts, whatever you want to call it, and if someone uses that thing to generate income for themselves, to support themselves and their families, and they happen to make a lot of money doing it, what is the problem with that? What is the problem with that? Like, I'm not I'm not seeing why that person should not reap the benefits of their work financially. Um, another thing that, you know, I, I kind of find interesting is the idea that, you know, these people that make this money are now obligated... To pour it back into the black community, and if that to me, I feel like 
if they choose to, that's cool. But if they choose not to, that's also cool. And they get to choose how they're going to do it. And they, they get to choose how they're going to do it, who they're going to do it with, who they're going to do it for. Because at the end of the day, that's their money that they worked for. And it's up to them to decide what they want to do with it. And the truth of the matter is, you're never going to make everybody happy. Like, let's say, I don't know, Steve Harvey, since we were just talking about him. Let's say Steve Harvey, he's got this, what, Publishers Clearinghouse situation going on. Let's say he decides, you know, every year from whatever his salary is, he's going to donate $50,000 to, I don't know, Black Boy Scout troops in Ohio. I think that's where he's from, Ohio, one of them places. That's what he wants to do, but I guarantee you there'll be somebody like, but why he got to give it to the Boy Scouts? Why that organization? Why not this organization that Dwayne Wade has? Why not this thing? Why not that thing? And why is he only doing it for the people in Ohio? What about the people in California? Like, the man is could be trying to really do a good thing, but nobody, people will always feel like they're, and, and that's another thing that confuses me, the sense of entitlement that people feel to other people's money. Like, people feel like because you spent your money in making this person rich, because basically if you think about, you know, a lot of our celebrities, they're rich off of the backs of the average, regular, everyday Joe that pays money to go to their concerts, their shows, whatever it is to support them. So it's like, I feel like because people feel like they spend money to support these people, that they have a stake in what they do with their money. And the truth is, you don't. Yeah, you, you paid for that concert. You paid for that concert. You didn't pay to tell that man what to do with your $50 or whatever it is you paid. Like, yes, you worked hard for the money that you that you gave to go to that concert or that show or whatever the case is. But you don't get to dictate what that person now does with that money as a result of having it. They can do whatever it is they want. That's, that's the deal you kind of make when you spend your money to support them. And so I think when it comes to this idea of black capitalism, I think that as much as a lot of us like to look at it like, mm, this isn't really a great thing, blah, 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 blah. I, I kind of feel as if it's the system that we're in and to pretend like that's not the system that we're in is foolish and, and putting us a, at a disadvantage as a people. Like, I get that capitalism in a lot of ways is, like, completely effed up. Don't get me wrong. Like, literally, this country is built on slavery, which is capitalism in and of itself. But to say that people in position to engage on that level in the practice of capitalism shouldn't do it like I don't I don't know if I agree with that with that thought process I have a question mm -hmm. what is your take on um, someone asking to be Haggadis um, trying to get a seat at the table versus making their own table um <clears throat> sorry about that I'm not coughing because I'm stalling I really had a cough um I am of the opinion that 
you should try to make your own table. Okay. Because we've all been to varying levels of public education in the United States um, and other places. Uh, you know, shout out to all the people out there. Um, and we basically have a clear understanding on what America specifically is and is not. And to me, I feel as if there there are there are, are, are certain industries and fields and areas where the amount of time that you spend trying to beat down the door and beg somebody to let you have a seat at the table, you could have built your own. Like Tyler Perry said at the BET Awards, he came out here trying to make a name for himself in Hollywood and do all these things. And he recognized that begging, you know, Metro Goldwyn Meyer and, and and Weinstein and all these people to help put him on was not going to get him where he wanted to go if he didn't just build his own table. And so I think that there are some 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 systems that are set up in such a way that like I get why you want to break through and have a seat at that table, but like the amount of uh, mental anguish—I don't know if that's the right word—but I feel the amount, the amount of effort that you expend to get there. I don't know if it, I feel like it's worth it when you could expend your energy to make your own table. But I also see how getting to that table could potentially be a training ground to help you build your own table because now you've seen what the other people are doing now you know how to do what you want to do so I kind of see both sides but like I feel like my my initial gut response is to say let's try to build your own table I, I think um Build your own table is a great idea. Right. But I recognize I, I, that in theory that's not always. And I think it's not always <laughs> a, it's not always a, um, working because the other tables that are created are still affecting others. Right. And though and so just avoiding them is still affecting right. others at the point. So like for like let's just say something like government. Mm-hmm. Government has been trashed. Mm-hmm. Before, when it comes down to racism, and we could have just said we're gonna have our own little black community and everything. But mm-hmm. the issue is not everybody still want to be there, and the government still affects people. Right. And what they're doing still affects people. So even though it was frustrating, they had to fight to be at that table mm-hmm. because it was it still affected others. Right. I think it's easy to say build your own. When it when the only person it affects is yourself, right? Um, I think it's a little harder when you're trying to um, go with other people and everything. Uh-huh. Um, like people like the um, the fashion brands. Uh-huh. The fashion brands are a big thing. I think that like there are black fashion brands that are coming up and uh-huh. everything else, but also not everybody. Are going to the black brands, right? They're going to other ones. People are still influenced mm-hmm. and are affected by right. other brands. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you kind of just in your mind you're like, "Hey, I wish there was like a black person on staff at that location, so 
they would just move differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like... But then it's like, I feel like even if there is a black person on staff, like, you still aren't going to please a lot of people because they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, that's just a token person to make us feel correct, correct. like this is cool or whatever the case is. Yeah, and, like, I, I think that that's... I think that's always what the um, problem is. And, like, it's it's hard when you're going through that th- through that process to find out is this person just trying to use me right um to produce a certain agenda and for everything <clears throat> or is this person really trying to take my advice mm-hmm. and trying to help make a change right and even for like because like sometimes when when you're on the inside you see how crazy it is and you see like the little changes you make you see this little changes but from the outside you're like oh you're not doing that much at all right 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 yeah but you see like you're making changes but it might not be look seen as big mm-hmm. from the outside because mm-hmm. people are expecting a certain certain mindset there mm-hmm. yeah I I I I, I agree um, I I think the reason I kind of say you know build our own table is simply because. The, just the things that black people have had to go through historically in this country to get anything, I'm just like, I don't I don't want us to waste energy going through that again. Let's just, we already know what time it is in some of these things. Let's just go do yeah. our own situation, just for mental health purposes. Because I feel like that's kind of the lens through which I look at a lot of things is like, black people, we have been through enough. If we can avoid situations where we we are dealing with unnecessary like conflict and 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 nonsense that's deeply tied to racism i'm all for avoiding it as much as i can but i also recognize that that's not necessarily realistic but in my idealist world that's what would happen um so again you know like this whole concept of black capitalism talking about black people having um ownership in land and property and like the means of production for things and you know the 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 options to um move and shake in in those arenas where we're not really represented whether it's in terms of people on boards of directors or owners of companies or just even employees able to give input into what's going on um i think part of the reason this topic came up is regarding um, Jay-Z and this deal with the NFL. Correct. Um, So, for those of you who don't know, essentially... um, Rock Nation specifically. Rock Nation specifically um, announced, or it was announced, I should say, that there was a partnership between Rock Nation and the National Football League um, for Rock Nation to curate their entertainment... Um, division or whatever and to also work with them on diversity initiatives. There's a specific initiative they have is to work with that. Yes. And let me just start by saying whenever I hear white people talk about diversity initiatives I clutch my pearls because diversity just means black and to them and that's not what diversity means but I digress. When people use the term diversity, they mean black, and it stresses me out a little bit. So when I heard it, I was like, ugh, okay. Um, So basically, this deal has been struck. It doesn't seem like there's been a lot of detail about exactly what the deal entails. And so because of that, the internet slash rumor mill has been swirling, and people are on two sides of the fence. Three. 
well, three. One side is Jay-Z is a sellout. He only cares about money. He only cares about himself and his own agenda. He ain't checking for us as black people. The other point is, the other side of the argument is, you know, he's trying to get a seat at the table so he can change things from the inside. Um, And then the third point is... The third point is, people understand what he's done, but they're just thinking that the NFL is just using him. Right. And that that nothing will get done. And, like, it's just giving the NFL car blanche to... Just Look, say, I have a black friend. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I say that's the third side because because it's, it's the third side is they understand what what Jay Z has done, but they just like they think that he's just being used. Right. And that is it. Um. And the the interesting thing about it all is that um. Colin Kaepernick. Um, Wife. I don't know. No, Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend. Girlfriend, I'm sorry. Yeah. Who is um, Nessa from the Hot 97 um, Morning Show with Ebro and Peter Re- and P- no, Peter Rosenberg? Um, she got on Twitter and was like, or not Twitter, Instagram, one of them socials. She got on and basically said, because I I don't think Jay Z said this, but I think it was said in the media somewhere that Jay Z spoke to Colin Kaepernick about this particular deal. I don't know who said it, but it was reported somewhere. And Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend got on social media and said he didn't speak to Colin about this deal, whatever, whatever. I don't know what he's talking about. Then um, today I heard that he is in in talks to part- to buy a 5% stake in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and then the other thing I heard today was that um, JD, a.k.a. Jermaine Dupree, a.k.a. Shader of female rappers for no real reason, especially when not called upon, was approached by the NFL last year or the year before and offered a similar type of deal to what Jay-Z was offered. But apparently Jay-Z told him not to take that deal. So... It looks, it looks a little shady. So the 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 narrative, we're not sure what it is, but the optics look nuts. It doesn't look good. People know that Jay Z has done these things with like prison reform. He's you know paid legal fees for people. He's done a lot of things that a lot of us probably will never know about because that's just how he moves. But the way this looks. After you got on records and said, um, F the NFL, you need me, I don't need you. When you told, um, what was that boy that was out there last year for like 30 seconds? Travis Scott, when you told him he shouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl. Like just, it just, the way it looks. I'm just saying it totally based on how it looks. The way it looks, he does look hypocritical. And especially after hearing this thing about JD, like it, it does look sus that you were anti-NFL, you went on SNL wearing um, Colin Kaepernick's jersey, you did this, you did that, and now here you are in bed with the NFL. It looks bad. And then um, Jamil Hill, I don't know if she's still employed at ESPN, she might be, she might not be, but she wrote an article about how basically Jay-Z effectively shut Colin Kaepernick out of the NFL 
basically going back to your point that the third, the third point yeah. the, the, going back to your third point that basically the NFL now that they have Jay Z as part of the family so to speak they can be like well we got our black guy on board so this Colin Kaepernick lockout thing has no racial bias attached to it we just don't think he's a good fit or whatever terminology they want to use and you know Jay-Z's our friend he's cool so we obviously don't have a problem with the blacks you know it's just like that Colin Kaepernick we can't really bang with so I don't know if I necessarily 100% go along with the article because I feel like Colin Kaepernick got some type of settlement that he can't talk to us about so I don't know um what the true details of the Colin Kaepernick um, NFL situation are, but Jay-Z does look a little nuts. Do I believe that he's capable of really, and he's one of the biggest like advocators for like black capitalism that we have like out here today, at least in like the hip hop world. Like his whole 444 album was talking about that. So <clears throat> a part of me is like, you look wild, but I hope that there is some bigger play at work here for the sake of your your credibility with the community of people that consumes your product. Yeah, I, I guess let me, let me address... Um, and Mark is a big Jay-Z stan, so I can't wait to hear your and I, take. And I, I'm, I, I think my... I'm Come on, Stan, King. Stan. All right. <laughs> like, so... Number one, I, based off of what he has done, it sounds insane that he would do that, trying to lose his credit, to lose his credibility, without understanding certain details. Mm -hmm. Number one, so like, in my my belief, I understand. I understand. I don't understand why people are. I think the people who are questioning his credibility didn't really believe in him in the first place. Right. Like, there are a lot of people who hate him. Yeah. Just, they don't like him. They've never liked him. You know, and he cheated on Beyonce. You know, the Beehive just is not... They don't yeah. see it for Jay. People, people, so, people never trusted the things he does in the first place. That's, right. that's number one. Right. Like, they don't have positive feelings about him no matter what. Um, number two... Which is, which is true. Yeah. Number two, I understand the reason why people feel that way also is because they don't trust the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get, so, so they, they believe that the NFL is just a sneaky part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I understand where that's coming from. But like I said, I, based off of how he has moved thus far, mm-hmm. I believe that he has more stake in it. And if something looks, or, and we, we won't really know what's going to happen till the next instance happens and how that how that plays out. Right. I I agree. I feel like if I were him at this point, and don't get me wrong, Jay-Z's a capitalist, no question, but if I were him at this point, I would really like to think that this isn't simply a money grab. Correct. I would like to think that there is some greater based on what he's done before. I purpose behind what he's doing here. I I cuz I I know he he like I I I I don't think that he would do something to compromise the support he's had for all he's done before. Right. And compromise that with that. Like I that would that would sound that sounds insane to me. 
It does. It does. I'm not. I'm not putting it past him, but it does sound insane and kind of off-brand for how he's sort of perceived and has been perceived in the last, I would say, five years um, as as sort of a social activist. He, he's been. I'm just saying publicly. I'm not saying this five years ago is when he started doing stuff. Oh. I'm just saying that publicly his perception has sort of shifted. His public persona. Yes, his public persona and the way people look at him has kind of shifted from simply just being a rapper slash businessman to being a social um, activist. A social activist. Um, gotcha. Right. Um, <clears throat> I... I feel sort of like he's Jay-Z. He has access to a number of things. And so I think why would you put yourself in a position where this announcement has the room to be misinterpreted the way it's being misinterpreted? And, you know, because him and his wife are who they are. They never talk about anything. They just sort of say, okay, whatever, and they kind of keep it so pushing. So the fact that, you know, you know, we see the fact that, you know, they had that elevator fight and never said anything about it. Um, they, they don't talk about much. So, like, I get that the ex- my expectation that he's going to come out and make a statement about this is just, you know, foolish because the man has shown that that's not what he does. But I feel like something like this where there was going to be so much mixed perception because of the NFL and the whole issue with the boycott and da 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 I feel like he needed to make some type of statement to kind of clarify to people what this is and what's going on. And I get that you can't say everything all at once or whatever, but, like, it it looks... It looks weird. I mean, I will not lie. I When I heard that he was in consideration to be a part owner for a team, I was like, okay, so I feel a little bit better about this, that there may be some, like, long play um, going on here. But, you know, it looks wild. And I feel like a lot of celebrities, not a lot of celebrities, but a few kind of, like, popular celebrities have kind of spoken out, like, in his defense and against him. Like, Cardi B was like, yeah, I feel like he's got something good going here. He's got something up his sleeve, whatever, whatever. Rihanna liked a comment that Sean King made on Instagram where Sean King was like, yo, this is kind of shady and wrong what you've done. And Rihanna liked the comment. And Rihanna don't really be liking nothing. So people kind of like, you know, that coupled with the fact that she, um, I don't know if we talked about this last podcast, but the fact that Rihanna, like, unfollowed title and started following Spotify when she was one of the people that was there for the big title rollout. It's kind of interesting. Um, somebody really should like play a drinking game of how many times I talk about Rihanna on this show. But um, <laughs> she kind of said something about it. And then um, Colin Kaepernick's best friend, who plays for the Carolina Panthers, he also like said you know he thought it was shady and it was a little wild what um, Jay-Z did. Um, I guess... You know, more in the words of Joe Budden, more will be revealed. But I do, I do feel like the the optics of the situation are crazy, and you know, it gives it gives those individuals who feel like this concept of like black capitalism is really a negative for our community. It it gives more fodder to sort of support that viewpoint because I think that unfortunately and I don't think it's fair 
unfortunately, you know, black celebrities for some reason are held to this higher standard and are expected to sort of be the leaders for the community for some reason. And um, when people like Jay-Z, who have been perceived one way, do something that kind of goes against that perception, it creates this, like, kind of frenzy that we're seeing now. Um, To me, I don't get why people look at celebrities, black, white, or any other color, as leaders of anything or role models. They're just people who have a talent and make money doing it. Like, what? why do we believe that they are arbiters of our, um, our, our existence or our experience as a community of people is confusing to me. I don't know why people do that. Oh, I, I forgot. There's just two um, other points that I wanted to address. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was people were trying to compare the um, Travis Scott thing mm-hmm. and like why would he tell him not to do that I was like number one that was good advice yeah because dancing in front of them look it looked nuts I was like why the hell like, was Travis here seeing it it looked nuts seeing it dancing in front of them is different from being business partner behind the scenes like, right two different things so like I don't, right. I don't equate those and, and also when he said I told him not to do it because he wasn't like a main star of the show he was coming out for like a minute and a half and leaving yeah. and I think he Travis Scott should have listened to Jay-Z yeah. because it looked nuts like I watched the halftime show you know I'm, I, I, I wasn't boycotting the NFL because I don't watch the NFL to begin with I just wanted to see the halftime show of Maroon 5 so I tuned in. I didn't watch the game. I don't know who won. But I tuned into the halftime show. And I literally saw Travis Scott come in for a minute and a half and leave. And I was like, y'all did all this for this? But they, they did that just to get the black people to come in. Like, Travis Scott's going to be there. bye And that's that's why he's saying I have to do that. Number, one, number two, with the whole JD thing, I'm not sure. Um, It makes more sense if... He wanted he he um like I said I'll, I'll see what what happens and how if he brings him on mm-hmm. right now because owning an NFL team is like a big deal. Mm-hmm. There are zero black owners, NFL, black owners. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that's number one, and like so like people have tried to do that and there was like you gotta get so this might be also his way of getting at the, getting at the table right to become a black owner, which is also a big thing. Right. Um, he did an interview um, after the whole thing, and he was saying like, like which I like part part of the stuff I I kind of agree with where he was like the thing that Cat was um, fighting for was social justice mm-hmm. and everything, and that's kind of what I was going for. And he was like, he was like all the kneeling was important for the initial thing, but what are you going to do next? Right. Which 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 is which is cool, is true because the protesting brings the awareness but now with the action and what what was what is true is I don't know I didn't see any action right I don't see anybody doing any action people were protesting and that's cool and the image is cool but there was nothing there was no policy it was just something that, that people just like the NFL owners were just thinking really annoying mm-hmm. but nothing was changing because of it right and I and and I think that um, <clears throat> the the reason that action didn't happen on the part of the NFL or anybody else is because 
the narrative about why the kneeling was happening in the first place was distorted. Correct. Like, Colin Kaepernick was very clear, I'm kneeling in protest of police brutality against unarmed black men and women. Correct. The media slash the NFL slash whoever made it a insult to veterans, insult to the flag. Like, they made it something that it wasn't. So, it, I can't see how any progress would have been made when the fight was still trying to get people to understand what the mo- what the, the protest was about in the first place. Because I felt like it kept being misconstrued and Colin kept having to be like, no, I'm I'm specifically doing this in protest of this thing. You're the ones that keep saying it's that thing. So it's like I can see where the challenge to move the conversation forward um, existed. Not to say, and I don't know what Colin did behind the scenes outside of kneeling to um, to move the conversation forward. He, 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 he did a few But I don't, no, no, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying I don't know specifically, so I don't want to comment on it. But I do feel like at the end of the day, it shouldn't have cost him the opportunity to play football. Correct. Like, he should have still been able to protest a very valid and real issue in this country. And <coughs> I think my issue with what Jay-Z said in that in that room was minimizing the, 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 uh, the, the impact of what Colin Kaepernick was doing by kneeling. I get that you're talking about action, what's next, but kneeling is also an action. That is also bringing, that is an action. Like, just talking about it is one thing, but to physically show um, disagreement or dissension with something that's happening, that's action. And to say that, oh, we're past kneeling, now let's move to action. To me, that was discrediting what Colin was doing because that was action. Because we people had been on TV talking about protesting, stop killing us, da 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 da. That was action because that was something that a lot of people couldn't ignore. Like people can change the news when they see reports of Black Lives Matter protesters walking around here, there, and everywhere. But pretty much at the time that Colin Kaepernick started doing this, NFL football was captivating millions of people around the country. He got a lot more attention doing what he did than he would have gotten if he had done an interview and said it or 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 said it at a at a post game, you know, whatever whatever. So I think that in and of itself was action. So I I I was a little taken aback when Jay-Z said what he said. I felt well, some type of way. What what I will say is I don't think he was saying that to Cap. No. I don't think he was saying. I don't know who he was saying it to. I'm just saying how it sounded. Yeah, of course. Like that, uh, how, how it sounded might have sounded crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think he was saying it to Cap. Number one. Um, number two, he did say that um, it was important for what it was. Right. It was important for starting the conversation. It was right. Important for that. He, right. He's talking about the next. But and, and then might even and go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and then I forgot. I forgot what I was um, yeah, I I think my other thing too is oh, and then um, so the NFL players that were getting upset about um Jay Z, 
in my mind, it's going to sound crazy, but the NFL players had more had, could have done a lot more to protest it other than that because it, it would not have hurt them. Right. And, see, and, and, and so that, that so Jay-Z stepping in, like, they could have done more. Right. And I mean, I think that goes back, that is the sickness of capitalism yeah. is that it's a system that places you in a position where you have to sometimes choose between your morals and what you know is right and taking care of your family. And as we've seen from several former NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, any athlete, a lot of them are carrying a whole family on their back. Correct. And I'm not talking about, oh, a wife and some kids. I'm talking about a mama, a daddy, a grandma, cousins, aunties. They are carrying a whole family on their back. And to, to tell, to say to them, oh, you should protest with him too, that's super cool. They might want to do that in their heart of hearts, but it's it's a hard thing to ask somebody to do that when, you know, they're paying for their niece's college tuition and they're paying for their little brother to go to private school. Like, it's hard to get people to do something, anything that is in opposition to their best interests or to the interests of what they hold dear. And I'm not holding these guys at fault. No, no. For I'm, what they're I'm doing. Not, what I'm, I'm just saying, saying that, that's the reason why so much yeah, yes. like right. that, that, that's my that was my Cuz and and I think that might have been necessary simply because the I don't get the impression I don't know a lot about sports, but I don't get the impression that the NFL really gives two hoots about their players and their players union. Like it, mm-hmm. I get the impression that the NFL tells them dudes, y'all can kick rocks. We can replace you. That ain't no problem. Cool. So I think, you know, when you're when you're when you're in a such a precarious situation as an NFL player, when you already have a short career span anyway, I don't I can see why some people might not even see the value in getting down in the trenches with what Colin Kaepernick is doing because they they still got mad people to support and their career ain't gonna last that long. So they and some of these guys aren't even like, you know, First string players, they second, third string, so they're not even making the big bucks, and they're not trying to mess up the bag they already got. Cool. And, it, and it's sad that capitalism puts us in this position where we have to compromise our morals sometimes to like live. But um, but like like and like you could just, people, people can always be like, oh, they could just not play, but like they've been growing up wanting to play. Right, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. Um, would 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 the NFL? And, and and here's what I wanted to say. I think people are conflating the issues. And Jay-Z is included in the people. The NFL is not the reason that police brutality exists. No. no. So, whether the players kneel or don't kneel, play or don't play, that's not stopping the problem of police brutality. So I think people conflating the issues and saying, well, if the players stop playing, then what? Okay, the NFL loses money. How is that impacting the real social issue of 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 black men being black men and women being shot and killed by police? I I, I think so. I think the protests. Um, Outside of it was just for a cap because he lost. That, that's what right. I, that's what I'm that, saying. That, like I feel like I think the protest. I feel like the NFL related situation is him losing his job. 
Correct. And, and him and him not and, and, and that not having not having been what should have happened. Him losing his job and also the backlash of like you know you saw like they were saying anybody who kneels can kick him off. Right. Like like so that's what the NFL issue mm-hmm. was, and that's the reason why I feel like that's why they had Jay Z come in. Right. And, like, because it was because that was a concern. Right. The concern was that the um. And that and that's why I said I, we have to see what happened, what he does. Right. Because. Th- how the NFL reacts to certain things, right? And everything. I, I don't think I was, I was saying like how, but how NFL reacts to social issues and how they um, react to certain things like that. That's going to determine. Do you think that's big enough to influence the police forces and their training I, or lack thereof? And I, I don't think that's true. And so that that's the point I'm trying to make. Though I feel like somehow these two things have been married together as being like a similar yeah. issue. Like the whole because Kaepernick was kneeling to protest uh, protest police brutality, people kind of conflate the NFL and them kind of kicking him off the team with them being in support of of police brutality or them not thinking there's anything wrong with it and stifling the players' like uh, right to protest and da 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 da. And I'm like, one thing doesn't affect the other. Like, the NFL will still go on with or without whoever plays or doesn't play at the same time while police brutality is going on. I, I, Regard, I, regardless of... Like, do, do I think the NFL is an influential organization? Do I think that the reach that it has has the opportunity to reach, to reach um, people who might not, for any other reason, come into contact with this conversation about race relations in the United States. Absolutely. I do think that there is room for influence in at least guiding or, or re re aligning how people think about um, race in this country. But I don't think that Jay-Z part owning a team or doing whatever he's doing is, is, an immediate solution I, I, I think to I, this problem. No, like I, I think that we have. I, I think um, any issue to be addressed, the first thing that needs to happen for for a policy to be passed, the first thing that always needs to happen is the conversation needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. So before I can pass this policy, we have to change the conversation about how people view certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why. Um, Colin Kaepernick was doing it in the first place. Right. He was doing it because, like, let's change the conversation. I need you to look at this. Mm-hmm. The NFL Excuse me. or the team <clears throat> kicking me, kicking him off, or kicking or or making people pay um, hurt for being um, being part of protests was a detriment to that mm-hmm. because it was basically saying. You're not allowed to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Everything that conversation is not important, especially when all the people have kneeled for other things, mm-hmm. and they didn't do that. So it says, uh, I, so made it show that the NFL is in direct conflict with what he was doing specifically. Mm-hmm. So because and because like you said, NFL has a big name. Mm-hmm. People feel like, oh, the NFL was okay with this. It's something I support this. So. Because I, NFL is okay with it, it makes me feel okay with feeling this way also. Okay. Which I think is, it sounds weak, but... No, it it, it it sounds weak, but that's kind of how things happen. Right. Like, 
when people feel people more inclined to feel a certain way if they feel like they get the support from it also. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I it, see what you're saying. I still do feel though, like, and that's, and that's, and that's because America's capitalistic. Right. Because capitalistic, like the business is kind of, that's why, that's how business can kind of sway so many things mm-hmm. because people are like, Oh, I support this brand. Mm-hmm. And this brand now has my same views, so I support this brand more, mm-hmm. and makes it, and also clarifies that what I believe, what I believe is right. Right. That's the reason why um, there's always a big issue with Forty Five. Mm-hmm. The big issue with Forty Five. The biggest issue with Forty Five is not really his policies. Is that the people who believe a certain way can look at can look and say like, I believe this way. The president believes this way also, so it must be right. Yeah, which that's is... that that that's why that's why it's so dangerous. Because mm-hmm. I I can have a crazy thought, mm-hmm. but if 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 it's it's um widely known that it's it's a stupid thought or it's a <clears throat> unsafe thought or it's a racist thought, I'm like all right, maybe I shouldn't have these thoughts. I, I need to figure out what's going on with me to figure it right. out. Right. But if the president said this is not a racist thought. This is how I feel. Also, like oh, this must be okay. Right, which so, is which so, is warped and nuts. But correct, it is. But that, but that also how it is. That just goes to the influence. So I guess after saying all this, like, do you think like black capitalism is like a realistic thing that we should aspire to? Is it something that can exist, or do you think that we're just like this is an unrealistic concept for the black community, and that we're just really trying to do the best we can in this uh, white-dominated world in hopes of black capitalism somehow making something of ourselves. Black capitalism works in small doses. Okay. And for small to to create small create small communities, it will it will not work nationwide. Okay. I think it will work in small com- in communities like Harlem was full of black capitalism together mm-hmm. and everybody worked together and everything that can work in that community in mm-hmm. Harlem mm-hmm. and everybody worked together and it, like that it can work in community it doesn't work nationwide okay because everybody <laughs> has different experiences nationwide yes I think I think I agree with that I feel like I see it prospering in certain like pockets yeah like but- it, like if me and my friends bought a bunch of houses, bought a bunch of businesses, and everything, and like just make a community like this, it will work that way. If we're trying to do it for that area, right? It is hard. It is not the same thing to do it for nationwide, right? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how we, it, how we could get there, or if we should even aim to get there. I guess that's that's my better like question that I have to kind of mull over. Um, if if that's even a possibility that we should aim for or or even what want to aim for, what do you mean? Like aiming to take this concept of black na- black capitalism nationwide, like is that is that something we should aim for? No. Okay, I haven't decided the answer to that yet. That's something I have to mull over. I feel like I lean towards no, but I have to think about it some more. No, because all black well, black people are not a monolith, so not everybody's gonna agree in the first place. That's true. That's why it's a small community. The, which is why this whole conversation started in the first place, because there are people who look at at the situation of Jay-Z doing what he's doing as he's just selling the, the community down the river for money and others who feel like, oh, well, you know, he's do, he's being strategic. Something pos- positive could potentially come from it. So I think you're right. Um, trying to take it on a national level is going to be kind of hard to do because there are a lot of black people who do not believe in or do not subscribe to the system of capitalism. And so, like you said, they're not a monolith. So to try to get everybody on board 
to do something like that is kind of impossible. And so I guess... Which is, which is why it's so much backlash in terms because NFL is a national thing. Right. Cause because because NFL is a national thing, you're just going to have a lot of people having a lot of opinions about it. Right. Right. He's not. He's. It's not doing it for the Brooklyn Nets. He's right. doing it for NFL. Right. And I mean, people <laughs> did have something to say when he came. When you know, was the kind of face for the Barclays situation to get the people to get on board. That, that was because of how it played. And he, he. He was just a face. He didn't have that much. Of, but um. Right. But like but when it, you it, when you let somebody use you as the face. Correct. When the ish hits the fan, they're yeah. calling your name. Correct. Because like that's pretty much what happened with the Brooklyn Nets situation. Yeah. Like once they started pushing the people that lived around there out of there and started pricing them out of those apartments and stuff that's around there, wasn't nobody talking about whoever the Nets owner is. They were calling Jay Z's name, and so and he, that was something he, he I saw. Out, but he was so right, but his he was already affiliated with Correct. it. He was already his name was already tied to it. Because like even in like when I was reading like comments about this, like people were like, "Yeah, well this is the same thing he pulled with the with the Brooklyn Nets thing." So it's just like. You already had a misstep with this, so the fact that you would put yourself back in a situation like this for for anything you're doing with an organization like this to even be perceived as shady is, like, is 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 is, is confusing to me. Like hopefully, we hope he learned from the last time and he's moved different. Right, and the contract set looks different. Right, I hope so. I, I guess I guess we'll have to see how it plays out and see what the details of this whole thing um, are going forward, but uh, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I haven't decided whether I think he's a sellout or or any of those things. Because to me, I feel like as much as he is viewed as like a leader of sorts to the community, I also feel like that man don't owe me nothing. So, yeah. you know, like I get how his visibility kind of puts him in a position to be judged more harshly than the average person. But at the same time, I got to get out of my feelings and think that man don't owe me nothing. I'm not his responsibility. The black community, whatever that word means, is not his responsibility. And, you know, if you feel some type of way about what he did, then you ain't got to support him. And I won't be mad at you if you don't. That's your business. Because at the end of the day, like I said before, the money he makes is from a lot of times your investment. And going to his concerts, buying his albums, doing his whatever. He makes a decent portion of his income from that. So if you don't want to support him anymore with your hard-earned dollars from your 9 to 5, then by all means, don't. But, you know, I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily, like, on board with the idea that he's a sellout. Because I don't know if I agree with the idea that he owes me anything. So, yeah, that's that's just kind of my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. On on that, we have a one. Yes, we've been talking about this for a minute. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a very it's a very uh, in depth topic because it's like because there's so much that's still like not known that it's just there's a lot of room to speculate. Yeah. Um, but anyways, moving on um, to our music spotlight this week, um, we would like to talk about uh, the good homie. Um, PJ Morton. Um, he is the son of, if you're a gospel music listener or follower or whatever, um, he is the son of Bishop Paul S. Morton. Um, he is a preacher and a singer, a gospel singer, um, very prolific, very gifted. Um, and, uh, I think PJ used to be on the church scene uh, with his dad, 
playing instruments because I think he plays keyboard and yeah and drums possibly yeah he, he has he, like his music you hear a lot of gospel influence in all yeah his music is very gospel influenced um he is part of maroon five he i didn't know that until like very recently um i knew him as him as the artist not as a uh maroon five um but apparently he played keyboard and does backing vocals for the um maroon five band so he's securing the bags in the group and by himself. Um, he released uh, a few albums. Uh, he's been out since uh, about, on his own, um, since about 2011. He was part of Young Money um, Records. I remember hearing about that announcement. I was like, PJ Morton, Young Money? This sounds crazy. But he's from Louisiana, so maybe he knew some people. He's from New Orleans, so maybe... You know, they connected and knew some people. Um, but he released an album in 20... An EP, I should say, in 2012. Then he released his debut album um, called New Orleans in May of 2013. Um, there was a single on it that had Stevie Wonder on it that was Grammy-nominated in 2014. Um, he started um, working on... His album Gumbo in um, 2016, released it in 2017. Very good album. Very good album. And he was nominated for two Grammys off that album. Um, he has a song out, um, or had a song out earlier this year with um, JoJo, like Get Out, Leave JoJo, that that lady sings down. They had a song called Say So that was just, that's just a jam. If you don't know what it is, get into it. Um, I think he also had a song. The song that was nominated for the Grammy this year was um, with, I think, Yeba. Uh, can't think of the name of it, but really great song. But yeah, he's, his music, like Mark said, does have like a real um, gospel-y vibe to it. So you hear, you hear the church in him, even though he ain't, he ain't in church no more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check out his music. Um, he did a tour a while back with the Hamiltons. He was on tour with them, I think. And the Hamiltons be singing down. So it's really quite quite a delight. Um Yeah, like the three people who are just Matt Churchy with their um with their soul tones is like PJ Morton, you got Major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Major's Matt Churchy. Yeah. Um Molly Music. Like Yeah. All all three of them just be Matt Churchy inspiration music. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, without, he, without the actual gospelness. Yeah, PJ Morton. Um I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the most recent album he released, um, I that, think that one was fire. Um, what Gumbo? It, no, the most recent one. Paul. What's the, is that the most recent one? Paul. I think it is Paul. Okay. Yes. Um. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I did like. Uh, he has Rhapsody on there. Yeah, he has JoJo on there again. He has Jasmine Sullivan on there. There's a song with um Rhapsody. Get into it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rhapsody's lit. Um, we got a song. Did we, did we do a spotlight yeah, on her before? I, I did yeah. with, um, with the good. With the good. Yeah. You're right. You did. Yes. Rhapsody's lit. Get yeah. it to her. Um, but yeah, PJ Morton, like I enjoy his music. Like I, anybody that appreciates the beauty of Jasmine Sullivan's voice and puts it on an album is okay with me. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what's going on with, uh, Mr. Morton. PJ Morton. 
um, get into him. Um, other music, uh, so Rick Ross, Port of Miami 2, came out um, last week. Uh, thoughts on it? It was good. It was cool. It was okay. It was um, right. It's still not better than um, the one before that, which was, uh, Lord, what was that What was that album called? The one, the, the luxury rap Santorini, Santorini Grease fur coat realness one. What do you call it? Listen, that's that's when I want to feel like mad, luxurious, and rich, and I want to listen to Rick Ross talk that ish. That's what um, that was the album called. Rather you than me. That's yeah. what it's called. Um, Port of Miami two. Um, it does have um some Tiana Taylor. It, it's, it's some good songs in there. Yeah, it has like, some good songs, but I don't feel that like there's anything on there yet that is capturing me. Um, yet. Like, the songs are cool, but there's nothing on there that I yet feel like I need to go back and listen to again. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I feel like I want to give it, excuse me for the yarn, I feel like I want to give it another listen and, like, try to see if I can find any bops. Because I think, in fairness, I've only listened to it twice. Um, I think the Turnpike Ike song kind of is a little bit of a bop. And the one with Wale, Act a Fool, I kind of like that. But I haven't listened to it all the way through to, um... No, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I haven't heard anything yet that's jumping out at me that's making me feel like, yes, this is a vibe. Um, you know, whatever. And I, I was, I was telling, telling you before. I was like, Meek just be on everybody's album nowadays. Meek, Meek on everybody's album. Like, hey, I got a verse. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here for the rap. She's coming out of nowhere and just rapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's that's fine, sir. Thank you for your time. <laughs> um. Yeah, um, BJ BJ the Chicago Kid also put out an album. BJ, what? If you, if you don't why know. BJ the Chicago Kid look like Travis Green? He do. He do. He do. Why he look like <laughs> Travis Green? I'm confused. Um, um, if if you um, if you don't if you had not listened to him before, we're probably using my spotlight soon because he is awesome. He, he's amazing. He, he's he's had a few albums and I've gotten to it and he's good. Right. Um, he's have he has songs of chance. Yes. Um, but he he's really good. He's real good. If you can if you can't get into it, get into it. His voice is cool. Yes, like literally I think it's BJ the Chicago Kid. Yes, BJ the Chicago Kid. I think I literally like his album I really like. Like I have listened I have listened to it um from top to bottom. The first song on it had me sold because it had my boy Anderson Pack on it, Feel the Vibe. That is my whole entire jam. Okay. Whole entire jam. And then I think I also enjoy the song with Offset um, quite a bit. Uh, Offset. I can't. Whoever stopped. Why did they start that? Offset. Like, it's just. (laughs) Why? Why? For what? I don't get it. Their ad-libs are quite hilarious. Sam. I don't know if they can do ad Like, I would be laughing if I did ad-libs. Fam. Like I don't know how they do ad libs and, and, and they be dead serious with a straight face. Because every time I heard somebody do all set, I would be just like, <laughs> I would just be on the side of the stage, like I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Like I'm I don't know able. how they be straight face. Cause like their ad libs be hilarious. Like I'm like, familiar. So what are you doing? Like, in my mind, I'm like are they are they is it a joke? Is it what, what they like? like y'all was serious? Like y'all did this like for real, for real. Yeah. Okay, all right, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Um, yeah, so get into that. Um, in other music news, um, Vic Mensa, um, if you've heard of, uh, him before, 
Um, he is a rapper out of Chicago. Um, people might know him from When Everyday Struggle when Joe Budden was on the show. And I guess academics was making some comments about Chief Keef or somebody one of Chicago people had died and Vic Mensa basically came up there and was like, I ought to punch you in your face right now. And it was very, very aggressive and hilarious at the same time. (laughs) So, um, to me, I don't know if academics found it funny, but I did. Um, And uh, he was, I think, signed to Rock Nation or affiliated with Rock Nation at some point. Um, Because I remember when we went to go see Jay-Z, like, last year, year before, he was the opener for Jay-Z. Um, I actually do enjoy him as a rapper. I like his music. Um, but it looks like he's decided to go in another direction musically because I was following him on the Instas and I was just scrolling and minding my business and I was like, he cut his hair off and then he was in like this punk rock video and he was like in like a leather patent leather chains and whips looking kind of straight jacket situation. I just like, what the hell? But he, he kind of dresses like that. I'm not... But the, it looked crazy. <laughs> but okay? He, he has dressed like that before, though. That's completely fine. But what I'm saying to you is he looked crazy. <laughs> um, Like, I, I just had so many questions and I felt like there weren't enough answers for the questions that I had. Okay. And I, I feel like he wasn't offering me enough. Like, it was just... It was just, my problem is when I'm scrolling on the Instas and I see this with no warning, after I've seen a different aesthetic from you, like I can't, I can't. Like this is what I saw. Look at what I'm showing you. This is what I was scrolling on the Instas and saw. I didn't know who this was. You hear me? That's what. You see what I'm saying? Like it was legit, like people can't see what I'm looking at. But he made an Instagram post on July 31st, if you want to go look at it on Instagram, of a video. Three years sober and I'm still hungover is the is the caption. And it's like a video for some song and like he shaved his locks off. He's got like these weird writings on his face and he's wearing like a, a dress and he's got lipstick on. Like it's just weird. And that's just not what I'm used to seeing. So I was a little alarmed, uh, to say the least. I was like, Is Vic okay? Is is he going through something? Do we need to send uh uh somebody around there to just do a mental health check? Because I was confused. I didn't know what was happening. Um, It was like when Lil Wayne attempted to be a rocker, but like way more extreme. So I just, I was a little concerned. Um, But you know, whatever. Live your best life, Um, Mr. Mensa. I don't know you. Um, I don't know what you're doing. But um, this is, this is what he has going on. I think he's weird. And you know, I've, I've kind of always appreciated his weirdness, but that, that was just a bit much for me personally. I need him to work on it, get it together, um, figure his life out. Um, Cause no, we don't we don't like it right. as a community. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about was like these top fifty lists that were coming out over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it was nuts. When I saw that first one, and I think I posted it on my Facebook. Joe Budden was number three. I was like, guys, I I like Joe Budden. I actually enjoy his music quite a bit. But number three. It's top three, not one or two. <laughs> he was killing me on the pod. Talk about top, top three, three not, not one or two. two. I'm like, okay. Like Joe, I think Joe Budden's a great rapper, and I would actually have him in my top 50. He would be top 50. I just don't know as three. I was like, what is this? Yeah, three, three is too much. And then um, I saw people, uh, I think Talib Kweli made like a female rapper's top 50, and it it got really interesting and competitive in these streets. And I think it was kind of cool because, like, I feel like a lot of, like, rivalries we see in, like, hip-hop and in music in general, like, it's kind of got this, like, real nasty, like, 
unpleasant undertone to it. And it was nice to see something that was just like fun, people talking, talking smack, nobody being bent out of shape and in their feelings and blah, 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 blah. But it was interesting to see the list that people were coming up with. I was like, huh? Like some of the people that people were leaving off, some of the people that people were adding on or putting on, I'm like, no. Yeah, no. like people were making fun of Joe Budden being number three. But like, he deserves to be on the top fifty, yeah, in my like, opinion. Like I, I, don't, I didn't like. I think it's funny about that. But I don't think people were like people mad that he was on the list at all. I was like, all right, you, you, you don't listen to any of his albums, <laughs> right? Because Joe Budden can tell a story, okay? Yeah. Like his music is. He, 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 he's a content. He's the original emo rapper. Get yeah. into it. He, he got he got the content. He has the content. Like I, there's songs of his that I really enjoy that never made radio play, but because people only heard Pump It Up, they're like, what? But he actually has a lot of great, excuse me, a lot of great music. So, y'all gonna stop playing these games. Um, what's his name? Mike Tyson had an interesting list. Um, Big and Pac were at the top. I might get crucified for this, but I'm fine. I, okay. I, I, I didn't see it for Big. I never have. And I probably never will. So the fact that he was at number one was perplexing to me at best. Um... The other interesting thing on that list was um, Big Pun. Big Pun. I excuse me, no comment. But big, okay. big, big, big Pun is um, I like Big Pun a lot, actually. Okay, I, I, I okay. Um, I. Is that the list that they were saying is in alphabetical order? No, this is this is um Mike Tyson's list. Oh. Um, let me see who else he got on here. Um, Heavy D, Eric Sermon. I don't disagree with this list. I I actually quite think I'm okay with it because they were um they were talking about how Mike Tyson's list is actually kind of high. But uh, yeah, it was it was just interesting to see these lists. I like Mike Tyson's because he included he had a mix of the women and the men on his list. Because the other ones were very men centric. I'm like, hey, we've got women. What I want to know is why Eve isn't on any of these lists. Where, yeah. Where is good sis Eve? I, I think people. Where is good sis Rod Digger? Like, I have questions. I want to know. Yeah. Because I I think those chicks can rap. It depends on what, what 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 how they're judging it though. Also. Yeah, I suppose. I depends on how they're judging. Suppose, it. I suppose. Um, yeah, I I I definitely want to one of these days sit down and make a top fifty uh, rappers list. I haven't had a chance to actually think about that, but I I would like to. And then I I heard um somebody I forget was it Magic Johnson made a top fifty R B singers. I would love to do that too. Yeah. I, I also, I think Goldfish is too far down the list. Yeah. Yeah, some of the ordering on these lists is like, I don't... Like, like you, you can't, if you, you can't if you, have if you Big have, at the top of this list and then tell me that Ghostface is 44. Yeah. I'm not like, doing that with you. Like, And you have, like, Cameron. You have... Um, yep. Which is cool. Rick Ross is cool. You have Cameron before Drake. Pusha T. Drake is cool. But you have Cameron not... before Pusha T. This is garbage. <laughs> this is absolutely, you have T.I. at 47. This is garbage. Like Mike needs to reorder this whole thing, but I don't want no smoke because he bites people. Um, 
But yeah, um, yeah. The ordering of these lists is, is a little is a little dicey. They got Drake above Lauren Hill. If they don't throw this list in the garbage, <laughs> start over, Mike. Keep the names, just order them differently, because this is nuts, okay? Yeah. That's all I'm saying to you. Cool. Cool. Yikes. Anywho's, let us move on from our top fifty conversation. Let's talk about some of the things that have happened this week, um, or in this past week, I should say. Um, so as you as we talked about a couple podcasts ago, um, Jeffrey Epstein, um, who was out here um, king of the molesters um, and you know traffickers and prostitutes and things of that nature, was getting rid was in jail. And was getting ready to spill the beans and um, mysteriously turned up dead of an apparent suicide. Um, and I say suicide in air quotes. Um, they did an autopsy and basically said that a bone by his Adam's apple, and the actual name of it I can't think of because I didn't go to biology school. Um, the bone was broken and they said it is a possibility that the bone could have been broken from a hanging but it is more likely or more consistent with strangulation. Yeah. So that's kind of fueling the fires that um, he may have either been killed or assisted with dying. Um, to which I say, Welpington. Um, that sounds horrible. Um, and as a Christian, I probably shouldn't say Welpington to someone dying, but... Um, I generally, and I know I have to work on this, I generally have a hard time with my sympathy for abusers of people. Um, I don't really see it for child abusers. I don't really see it for people who traffic people. For sa- Like, I just, I have a hard time having sympathy when bad things happen to them. Um, um, so, like, if people are going really hard with, like, oh, it might be the Trumps, it might be the Clintons, also, it could be any other million billionaires. Right, like, like the mad, the man has the really, T on mad people who had access and opportunity. There's mad billionaires of power. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, mad for billion. all we know, is he really dead? For all we know, he could be down in Cuba with Pop Chiller. He could have faked his death and Tootsie rolled on somewhere. Who even knows? I just find the whole storyline, the whole thing, very convenient. But you know, whatever. Um, but I just I just thought it was interesting that, you know, there was all this hype about him being arrested and all this stuff being exposed and then whoop, turn up dead, allegedly. Yeah. And then um, it was like, Oh, he's on suicide watch so they're watching him and somebody committed suicide. I was like, How But well, how does that work? How does that work? <laughs> and I think like the attorney attorney general or the Department of Justice, whoever guy, the Abar is his name, um, either fired or reassigned, like, the guards or the warden or whoever was at the jail that was supposed to be keeping an eye on him to make sure something like this wouldn't happen. So there is some some shadiness afoot, is all I'm going to say. Something in the milk ain't clean. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, Nicki Minaj versus Joe Budden and Nicki Minaj versus everybody. So, because um, <laughs> Nicki Minaj was in beef with everybody this week, and I'm not really sure why. So, um, Nicki Minaj has a show on Apple called Clean Radio, and she had Joe Budden and his podcast people, Rory Mall and them, come on the podcast. And she basically, like, yelled at Joe Budden like a crazy person for, like, 20 minutes straight, cut his mic off like Star and Buck Wild used to cut people's mics off. And um, it was it was a little nuts, and the internet was like, wow, this is wild. Some people were on Nicki's side, like, yeah, um, Joe Budden be talking mad-ish, um... 
you know, you got to just get him together. Other people were like, no, um, she was wild and she didn't have to act like that. Da, 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 da. Then, like, when she got on Joe Budden's podcast, he said something about, um, about Rick Ross or something like that they were talking about. Cause no, Rick they, Ross- they, were, they were asking because they had a conversation before um, who's better, Rick Ross or the game. Uh-huh. And um, she said, don't ever talk, say his name in front of me. Right. And, like, I guess everybody thought they were talking about the game. The game, but then realized afterwards she was talking about Rick Ross. Then Rick Ross got on The Breakfast Club and said, like, I don't know what she's, you know, so mad about. I was just talking about some text that he sent Meek saying she's the one, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Then she was talking about Charlamagne and how Charlamagne be hating on her super heavy. And that's why he banned her from The Breakfast Club and this, that, the third and fourth. Then, like, her and Trina did some song, and there was supposed to be some video, and there was some back and forth about that. And Trina had to get on the internet and be like, oh, me and Nicki ain't got no problems, da 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 my team is wildin'. I'm like, Nicki Minaj has just been embroiled in a lot of stuff with people this week. And I'm like, you know what, sis? You gotta chill. Like, I completely get her point of feeling like people come for her, like people attack her. And they do. People drag her for filth. They attack her. I don't. I don't disagree with that as a thing that happens because I. I see what people be saying on the Instagram. On the Instagrams. However, um, Nikki, you. You don't come off as a likable person, um, and that's why people have no remorse about dragging you. Um, I saw something on Instagram that made me laugh, and I kind of agree with it. They were like, Nicki Minaj is trying to Cardi B her career, and it's not working. Um, because see, Cardi B. Her personality, you might call her loud, ratchet, whatever you want to call her, but she is, at the very least, relatable and likable. Nicki Minaj is not. And it's not like she just started becoming unlikable. She's always been unlikable. Because if you ever follow that, like, documentary that she had when she was with Safari, like, the way she was acting was so over the top and, like, mean for no reason. And it's like... After seeing that, coupled with all the people saying that <coughs> you're mean, you're nasty, you've blocked them from making money and done all these like shady things, it's hard for me to believe that you're actually a nice person who's just being bullied and you're defending yourself. Like, sis, you're dramatic, you're mean, and I don't deny that some of the things that people say about you may hurt you, but you also have to recognize the part you play in how people treat you because you're a jerk um and you act like a jerk to everyone so you can't act like a jerk talk that cash stuff and then when people pull up or they say something crazy to you now you want to be i've been bullied because let's be clear you was talking mad trash and when cardi pulled up on you and threw that shoe at you it was justified because you was talking trash (laughs) that's why it happened to you cardi didn't just run up on you out of nowhere and just throw a shoe at you for fun you were doing something. You were picking at that girl. And that girl said, when I see you, it's on. And when she saw you, she threw a shoe at you. Because that's what she said she was going to do. Right. So, cut it out. Um, speaking of other black people and shenanigans, um, ASAP Rocky, you know that he was down to the Swedish jails with one apple a day, allegedly. And um, he is freed, um, you know, 
and basically he was quote unquote convicted of assault and has to pay a fine to whoever he allegedly assaulted that was also like assaulting him um and he just i guess he just gonna give him a little coin and go on about his business i think it was like fifteen thousand dollars that he's supposed to pay but i don't know if that's like u.s dollars or swedish dollars who knows what is the swedish i don't like, know i don't know what the currency rate is yeah i don't know what the, i don't what is their currency i don't know i should look that up but um Basically, I don't think he's going to have to do any jail time. He's just going to have to pay some fine and probably stay out of Sweden for um, some time. Yeah, like, you know, just don't go there. It's not, mm, don't do it. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's a call of Krona. Krona. K-R-O-N-A. No care. Um. Uh, (laughs) I wanted to know. I wanted to know. I didn't know. Don't be a hater. I wanted to know. Um, (laughs) um, So, the other thing I thought I got excited about this week was Dave Chappelle apparently has a special coming on ow, Netflix ow, ow, ow. on August 26th, which hey. is uh, next Monday. I'm like, yo, hey. this, this weekend is got to be lit because Power's coming back and then we're going to follow up Power with Dave Chappelle. I'm ready. I can't wait. Like, I'm actually genuinely surprised. I thought it was a joke when I first saw the report because I was like, Dave Chappelle just gave us like eight specials two years ago. He's not giving us more. He's just not. So I was just going to be content with those specials and whenever they ran Chappelle's show reruns. But apparently he's back for some more um, biting content. So I can't wait to uh, see... And it's Six in Stone, so I'm ready for it. Yes, I'm ready. I can't wait. I'm going to get my life. I am thoroughly, thoroughly prepared for it. This is going to be a fun fall for TV. Power's coming back. We got Dave Chappelle's special. Greenleaf is coming back September 3rd. I'm just, ugh, I'm going to be in black TV heaven. I can't even take it. I'm so excited. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, did you hear about that guy, that black guy that was like shooting cops up in Philly? No. Yeah, there was some black guy like two weeks, like last weekend, two weekends ago, that was like in a standoff with police. He shot up like six or so police officers. And I remember hearing the story and being like, Lord, please don't let him be black. Please don't let him be black. Please don't let him be black. And then he was. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, like I was saying, please don't let him be black, like with the full confidence that he wasn't black. And uh, apparently, he was in fact uh, black. And he's, I was he's like, African American, or he just? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I gotta do my little Googles. Um, I remember the DC shooter. Everybody thought he was white, and then when he found he was black, they uh, they was Jamaican. He was Jamaican. They were, like, Jamaican. They were like, like, okay, more fire, more fire, more fire. <laughs> um, they don't specify. Um, his name is what's his name? Uh, Maurice Hill. They don't specify, like, what he is or is not, but, um... Okay. Yeah. He was out there shooting, shoot, shot up six six police officers down to um, Pennsylvania. Um, I guess he was angry. Yeah, I guess he was going through something. I don't really know what, <laughs> he, was what he was going through. Um, but they definitely charged him with, uh... Oh, he's still alive? Oh, yeah, he's still alive, for sure. Huh. Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Plot twist. Huh. Plot twist. Didn't see that coming, did you? Didn't see that coming, did you? Wow. Huh. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Y'all shot dude that was running from y'all. But old boy that shot y'all. So you are capable of bringing black people that you want to arrest in 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 for cus- in in for processing via the correct channel. So you know how to do it. Got it. No problem. But um, he's basically been charged with, I believe, uh, aggravated assault and assault of a law enforcement officer. Um, I guess the police was trying to serve a narcotics warrant. And he said, y'all not going to get me down to the jail for no narcotics. 
y'all gonna get me for assault, which doesn't seem um, like equal. Um, <laughs> you should have probably gone with the narcotics, sir, because now I don't think you're getting out of the jail ever. Um, it wasn't a bad. It wasn't a good plan, sir. It was a. It was a bad plan. Um, apparently, during this like five. Six hour standoff. He was on his, on video chat with his girlfriend. I'm like, sir, I don't feel like. <laughs> like yeah. Um, full conversations. Yeah, like I don't know what what was really on Maurice's mind. Um, Trust his, his his girlfriend was trying to get him to calm down. Yeah, I don't really know um, what what really the t- why are they calling him John Wick and you know how they say John in Philly like J they calling him John Wick. You let me show you the picture. You people just can't have anything. <laughs> Y'all just don't deserve to have anything nice. Um, I just was like, okay. Um, that young man really, I don't know what, I pray he has some type of insanity plea going because you just are out here. This is wild. In the climate that we're living in, doing, shooting up the popos is a bad, is a bad move. So, uh, yeah, Maurice got to relax. Um, anything else? Um, there was something else I wanted to, to bring up that happened, but like, I can't remember. So I'll move on. That was it for this week in random. If I remember it next week, I'll talk about it. What's happening in T-Tips world? BLM T-Tips. T-Tips? Um, just like a quick breakdown. Uh, um, number one, go to trade shows. Trade shows are a really good idea to promote your business. A lot of people like dismiss them as like costs, but they're a really good idea to promote your business. And if you're going to do it, um, get the correct trade show accoutrement. Accoutrement. Like um, get get your tablecloth, get you a retractable banner, get you a display, get you all those things, because those things are a good way to show, and people are attracted to come see what's going on. I'm Even a DJ if, envy you. What's the trade show? Um, trade show is where you can you buy a table, and you display your business, and you you, you can either sell things at the thing, at the um, trade show or just give out information, um, based off of whatever your services are. Um, sometimes you can give out deals, saying if you sign up now you get some good percentage off. It's just different ways to this market at the trade show to get people to know more about your business. Um, if you've heard of. Uh, like sometimes it's like the African Arts Festival. They have tables, different mm-hmm. um, <coughs> kind of music. If you, um, what's the one in um, Georgia? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the one, the, the Essence Festival. Oh, Essence Festival. That's there's not in Georgia. No, Essence. No, that's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. There's there's a woman's one. I can't remember what's called. Circle of Sisters. Circle of Sisters. Yeah, uh-huh. Circle of Sisters. They um they have a trade show. Um, if you do things that are more focused on like um, art and maybe some more anime, you might want to do Comic Con. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like whatever it is, just try to find a trade show that goes hand in hand with what your business is, and get, get a table, and just sell either your artwork, sell you what you do, or just get services. But it is good to have a setup. Like I said, get a tablecloth. Get a retractable banner, get a pop-up display, whatever you can. And if you need those designs, mm-hmm. we have the tools. <laughs> we have the tools to help you promo, out. Promo, promo. We can design what you need. Um, we have access to a place that um, creates everything. So we can give you a, a great deal on design, um, on what you need. 
you can get you can get most basic traits of display for five hundred. Mm-hmm. So just give us um, a little ring or email us at contact at the BLM dot com. Word. And let us know what you need. Word. All right. Word. Word. Anything else? Come check us out. Um, nah, that was it. That's all I have this week. Um, yeah. My hair in the streets. Um, back to work, back to like real life. Um, thinking about my next vacation. Um, trying to make that happen. Work. So we're going to get out of here. Word, word. We're going to catch you. On the flip side. Later. Until next time. Peace, love, and soul. Stay hydrated. It is um, Stay sunblocked. Stay ash-free. And most of all, stay black. We out. Deuces. Deuces. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. podcast, podcast. Uh huh, uh huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast.